Hey everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today we're gonna to be doing a stock analysis on Netflix, ticker symbol NFLX. For today's stock analysis on Netflix, the agenda is price target, DCF model, and I'll give my final thoughts on Netflix as an investment. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing now to your content. All right, starting off with my price target for Netflix, I have them at $180 in the next 12 months, indicating about a 16% downside. I understand that when I do these negative things, saying that there is downside in a stock, it's not very popular, but stick with me. I'll go through my models and I'll show you kind of the reasoning why and some of the things that we're going to be wanting to look out for in the upcoming quarters and next couple years. So for my DCF model, I have them at $145 a share and the EBITDA multiple at $194 a share with some tweaks and some things that we can adjust. And if things look better, then that could possibly higher. We'll talk about a couple different scenarios once we go into the DCF model. A couple risks that we're going to want to look at. The PE is relatively high at 20 um, now their growth rate has come down and also their PE has come down as of late, but still based off of what we know, I still think their PE could come a little bit lower as people start to realize that the growth is slowing. So that brings me to bullet point number two. One thing that people aren't really talking about, but I see as an issue is non-original Netflix content is slowly starting to go down while original content is going higher. The reason why I see this as a challenge is a lot of um, other companies are going off and creating their own streaming services, and that is creating more competition. Now, competition doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing for Netflix. It doesn't necessarily mean a one winner take all. In more likely scenario, a consumer is probably going to choose two or three, maybe even four to five. And you know, less folks are choose four or five. But the point is, it's not like one streaming service is going to rule it all and and you know take all market share there is room for multiple players here but i think from a um <clears throat> historical videos historical shows that is becoming less and less of a um uh, of what netflix is providing as people who own those ips are starting to take those and put them on their own platforms and so i do see that as a risk um, whereas that's what basically netflix bread and butter was from their get-go and, and over basically they've done well in, in a lot of ways is to start creating original content as to prevent. If they have didn't have that original content, Netflix would be um, you know a sinking ship at this point, but they are doing very well with their original content. But I do see that um, in some ways create making them less attractive to a broader audience. So next up, market saturation here in the US market is becoming a little bit um, hard to reach new growth. So um, in order to do that, Netflix is talking about different ways that they can go about um, basically stop sharing accounts. And that is where they think they can get most of their uh, new growth in the U.S. market. Now, I think there is a fine balance here, and they probably recognize this as well, is if you go about, uh, if you go about this too aggressively, you could lose subscribers. If you go across this in, in a um, gradual way, you could, you could grain so subscribers while also not pissing off the people who are currently subscribed to you. So there's a fine balance there. Now let's move on to our DCF model. All right, now jumping into my DCF model. First off, I'm gonna start off with the conservative case and I'm gonna move more towards an opportunistic. Also um, play a little bit with the, some of their margins, which are also very low right now. So let's go over some of the assumptions and then I'll go into the scenarios after. All right, so first off, we'll, we'll discuss growth rate here in a second, but in this model, it's right about 10% through the next five years. The discount rate is also at 10%, which I think is fine. The long-term growth rate, I have at five. I won't be changing this in the scenarios because I think a long-term growth rate of five is probably 
okay for Netflix, guaranteed, you know, with the risk that they have of market saturation, especially in the U.S. market. And is it going to be a challenge moving forward? Now, that doesn't mean that they can't continue to grow. We'll address that in here in a second. EBITDA multiple, I have at 12. Shares outstanding, 452 million. Your net debt is at 6, uh, 6.4 billion. Um, and then some special things that I just want to go over with them is, um, now the recent quarter, they had um, basically uh, 200,000 subscribers leave, one of the, and they guided to a forecast of between 2.5 and 4 million in that quarter. Uh, sorry, they guided to 2.5, and the previous year they had 4, 4 million. Now, the thing you got to recognize here is that just the impact of suspending services in Russia created negative 700,000 um, uh, subscribers. So in that case, if you did it, you did exclude that, that basically means they had net ads of about 500 million. That is still off 2 million from what they forecasted, but still it's not a negative, um, in my opinion. It, it makes it less bad, I guess, if, if you will. Overall, I think this challenge, and as they allude to, is going to be sustained and they have to figure out ways to address new subscriber growth moving forward. And that is why I think the growth rates that I have on here are fine, but if they're able to overcome them, we'll talk about scenarios like that later on. In Q1 of, uh, of uh, 2022, they had free cash flow of 801 million, uh, which is very good for them if you annualize that. That would be very, very good and would almost be, be one of the highest free cash flow years. And we'll talk about their free cash flow here in a second. And one last thing is from a content perspective, in 2020, about two fifths uh, or 40% of their content was Netflix original content. In 2022, that's going to be closer to 50%. And that trend will probably continue, as I alluded to earlier in the price target section, where the trend is basically that these. Um, Companies that do own IP, basically own the content, are basically taking it off of Netflix, putting it on their own platforms so they can create their own, you know, basically create their own platforms for streaming. Now, moving on into the EBITDA assumptions and free cash flow assumptions. So first off, let's start off with EBITDA. You can see that their margin for this has been growing. And in, the la in 2021, it was the highest it's been. Up at 21%. In 2014, it was at 8%. So doubled that. Um, I do expect this margin to continue to grow, maybe not in this year, 2022, but I do think it'll continue to grow in future years. So you can see I have it growing from about 20% in 2022 up to 28%, increasing about 2% every year. I do think that is achievable. I do think that is a, um, a doable margin. It's just continuing right now, building their platform, continuing with original content, and continuing to try to get them to grow is gonna, I think gonna keep that margin down in the short term. Um, on the free cash flow perspective, um, cash flow has basically been negative for the last you know uh, seven, eight years. Um, they've had one positive years of free, free cash flow. In 2020, they had 1.9 billion. Um, other than that, you can see that their, uh, their ratio is basically around the mid-teens, around 15, 16, 17% is what they were averaging in the last six or seven years. Um, on a free cash flow margin. So negative free cash flow. Um, in 2021, they almost broke even. Uh, they had they were 132 million in negative free cash flow or less than 1% um, of free cash flow margin. So um, moving forward, I do think that they will be able to achieve something greater than 10%. Um, now, 
if they're able to do what they did in the Q1, which I don't think that's going to translate, you know, linearly across the quarters, I think it's probably going to be a little bit higher in Q1 and have lower free cash flow in subsequent years or not years in quarters throughout 2022. Like we've seen in previous years, usually Q1 is a higher free cash flow quarter. Um, but 2020 was a different animal and some of those things were suspended altogether. So we'll, we'll have to pay attention to that. Free cash flow margin is going to be very important. Moving forward, I had their free cash flow margin staying positive. Now, this is a um, this is not a conservative case, but it is um, a little liberal thinking that they will start to try to push towards a um, actually having positive free cash flow with the with some of the growth uh, challenges that they're occurring. Now, could be wrong on that, but that is my assumption. So I'm going to put them at seven percent free cash flow margin. For 2022, that brings them in at $2.2 billion for 2022. And every year after that, 10% or, or higher is, well, basically I'm putting them at 10%, but I'm hoping that they get 10% or higher, possibly getting up to 20%. And we'll go over the scenario of that later on. From a growth perspective, this is extremely critical or extremely um, important in this whole thing is that you can see that their growth rate ha, you know, was accelerating for about four years between 2015 and 2018. And in the last four years, it has been de decelerating between 35% down to 18% from 20, 2018 to 2021. So in this uh, last quarter, Netflix did say that they're gonna continue to try to achieve double digit growth for the next uh, foreseeable future. Basically, it's basically around five years. And um, so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and keep their growth rate at 10% for the subsequent years. Analysts do have them right now on average growing at 9.2%. So that's what I used and 10.4% for 2023. So that is why those numbers uh, for the first you know, 2022 and 2023 are not exactly 10%, but I do have them growing at 10% in my model for that year. So with all that being said, the DCF model is $145.98 and the EBITDA multiple is $94.51. Now, real quickly, I want to go over one scenario where the growth rate after 2023 does start to accelerate slightly, but I'm still going to keep my long-term growth rate at five. So I think it is possible that Netflix in the next couple of years is going to be able to achieve somewhere around 14 or 15% growth by 2026. I think they're going to have a year like that. So let's say 2026, they're able to have 15% growth, and then their long-term growth rate is basically 5%. I'm just not gonna not gonna change my model there. What else do I want to change in here? I'm gonna keep the EBITDA ratio. I do think that is pretty um, pretty good. I think what could change here is the free cash flow margin. So if we can get our free cash flow margin um, up to uh, uh, let's say 16% uh, by 2026. This is going to change our model up to $254.94 for, for today's value. So that alone would do quite a bit for Netflix uh, stock price and also show right now that they're trading undervalued. However, with what we know right now, that is just not the case. We will need to see and watch Netflix prove what they can do with their growth rate before we can make that assumption. So again, we're gonna to have to watch that. And also this margin is extremely important. So if we can see, um, you know, over the next couple of years, free cash flow margins start to expand and actually stay positive, Netflix has a lot of value. 
All right, now for my final thoughts. Thank you so much for sticking around thus far. So far with Netflix, I do think that there is short-term downside. I do think that they will continue to trade lower down to around $180 a share. My DCF model for them currently at the lower growth rates, at lower free cash flow margin, I have them around $145 a share. And if they are able to continue growth and if they are able to expand those free cash flow margins, they're worth significantly more at, you know, even at a long-term growth rate of 5%, they could be trading as high as $250 a share. Now, a lot of people still may not like that because guess what? Netflix was trading above $300 a share just six months ago. And so with all that being said is, you know, you can take all this with a grain of salt. You can think about your own assumptions. Let me know down in the comments below what you think about Netflix. What do you think about the risks that I labeled? What do you think about some of the challenges that they're trying to address right now? Let me know down in the comments below. Let me know the gaps. Let's have a conversation. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. And if it is on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis, my name is Frank, Frank Finance.